وَإِذَا تُتْلَى عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتُنَا بَيِّنَاتٍ وَإِذَا and when تُتْلَى it is recited عَلَيْهِمْ on them آيَاتُنَا our verses on such people those who associate partners with Allah when our verses are recited to them بَيِّنَاتٍ as clear evidences as clear proofs remember shirk it's founded on ignorance there's no ilm behind it no sultan behind it and when they are given proofs for tawheed in the form of ayat. Ayat are bayinat. They are evidences, proofs. Such evidence, such clarification that will remove their doubts. But when these proofs are brought to them, what happens? Ta'rifu. You would recognize, you would see. Ta'rifu from ayn rafa. Irfan, ma'rifa. What does ma'rifa mean? Recognition. Right? To recognize something. So you would recognize fi wujuhi alladheena kafaru in the faces of those who disbelieve wujuh is the plural of wajh so on their faces you will recognize al-munkar al-munkar disapproval meaning as they hear the verses of Allah as they hear the Quran they cannot hold their disapproval back it appears on their face that rejection is visible on their face that Anger is visible on their face. Has it ever happened with you that you are talking to someone, explaining something to them, and they're not in agreement with you? Hmm? And you're explaining to them, but on their face is a big no? Hmm? Or on their face is, I don't agree with you? Yeah? It happens, right? That when a person rejects something outright, they cannot keep that rejection in. It becomes visible on the face. So over here, the disbelievers are mentioned. That when the Qur'an is recited before them, the kufr is visible on their faces. Munkar, inkar is visible on their faces. Munkar, why is disapproval called munkar over here? Why is kufr called munkar over here? Munkar is basically a thing or an affair that is disapproved. Right? Which is why it's the opposite of ma'roof. Ma'roof is a thing or an affair that is acceptable. And munkar is the opposite of that. It's disapproved. It's considered bad. It's considered foul. Right? Then munkar is also used for something that has become difficult, severe, hard. Alright? And here, munkar gives the meaning of inkar. That when a person fails to know something, or he fails to recognize something, he's ignorant of it. Remember, Ibrahim when the angels came to him in the form of guests, huh? They were qawm munkarun. Right? They were a people whom he did not recognize. Right? Now, when you don't recognize something, or when you find something hard, or when you disapprove of something, what appears on your forehead? A big frown. This is too hard. What is this? I don't know. Right? So, instantly, your face, it shows what you're feeling. This is too hard. I don't agree with this. I don't understand this. So, munkar over here means disapproval, which is obvious by their frowning, and their anger, and the redness on their face, and the frustration that is visible on their face. تَعْرِفُ فِي وُجُوهِ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا الْمُنْكَرِ You see munkar on their faces. It's not even on the tongue yet. That rejection is visible on the forehead. It's visible in the way that they have contracted their face or something. تَعْرِفُ فِي وُجُوهِ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا الْمُنْكَرُ 
And this would happen when the Prophet ﷺ would be reciting the Qur'an. He would be reciting even before he would end the recitation. People would be showing disapproval on their faces. Yes, and this is so difficult to see. It's so difficult to see and it's so difficult to keep talking when somebody's giving you these expressions. Right? You begin to doubt yourself. And if you are, you know, for example, reciting the Qur'an in front of your teacher and your teacher looks at you with disapproval on her face, what would you think? I'm making a mistake. Right? So even though she's your teacher and she's there to teach you, instruct you, but when you see the disapproval on her face, you instantly question yourself, am I doing it right? Now imagine if you are speaking before someone who doesn't agree with you and you see disapproval on their face, would you feel afraid? Would you lose your confidence? Would you think to yourself, I better not embarrass myself again in the future? But look at the Prophet ﷺ. He did not stop. He would continue to recite the Qur'an to people, calling them to Allah, even though they showed disapproval by their faces. And when he would end the recitation, then they would begin with their words. During the recitation, they would show with their eyes. After the recitation, they would start with their words, disapproving him. Yakaduna. Yakaduna, they almost, yastuna, they attack billadina, those who yatluna alayhim ayatina. Who are reciting on them our verses. Meaning the people who are reciting the Quran, these disbelievers would almost attack them. Meaning they get so angry, they cannot keep that anger to themselves. It's visible on the face and it's almost about to come out in a physical assault. Look at the word yastuna. Yastuna from seen ta wow, sato. Sato bihi. Like over here, yastuna billadina, bi. Sato bihi. Means that a person, he just rushed against another, alright, sprang up and literally assaulted him, attacked him. Seized him violently with a raised hand. Has it ever happened? You know, for instance, you might have seen on TV or maybe in real life it may have happened that somebody is saying something and the other gets so angry, they just get up in their anger with their hands raised up. But how dare you say something like that? How could you do this? This is yastuna. And if somebody advances towards you in this way, just imagine somebody huge is getting up and with their arms up, hand up in the air as if they're ready to take you by your neck and strangle you. What would you do? Bye. I'm going away. Or you just be quiet. What does it show? They're very angry. They're not happy with the Qur'an. They don't like to hear the Qur'an. Allah says, قُلْ say, أَفَأُنَبِّئُكُمْ Should I inform you, بِشَرٍ مِنْ ذَلِكُمْ With شَرْ meaning worse, مِنْ ذَلِكُمْ than that? Than what? Than what you're doing. You're so angry, you cannot keep that anger to yourself. You can't wait until the reciter of the Qur'an would stop. And you can't wait to assault him. You're ready to attack him. You're ready to strangle him, to take his life. Should I tell you something that is worse than that? النار. It is the fire of hell. وَعَدَهَا اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا وَعَدَهَا He has promised it. Who has promised it? Allah Allah has. Who has He promised this fire to? الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا Those who reject. Those who disbelieve. 
And that place, this fire, وَبِئْسَ الْمَصِيرِ What a terrible destination it is. Wretched it is as a destination. We see that in Mecca, there were many times when the Prophet ﷺ would recite the Qur'an to the people and they would become angry. And not just him, even other companions. For instance, Ibn Mas'ud anhu. He was one of the first people to recite the Qur'an publicly. And he recited Surah Al-Rahman. And when he was reciting, people were clearly angry. You could, the anger was visible on their faces. And over here it says, يَكَادُونَ يَسْتُونَ They are about to assault. But in the case of Ibn Mas'ud anhu, they actually assaulted him. They actually beat him up. They actually attacked him so that he could not recite the Qur'an anymore. He could not complete the recitation of Surah Al-Rahman. Abu Bakr anhu. You know when the hijrah to Abyssinia happened? Abu Bakr anhu also went out to immigrate. He went along with Uthman anhu and other companions to go to Abyssinia. But there was a person coming from outside of Makkah, an outsider, and he was also a nobleman. When he saw Abu Bakr leaving, he asked him, where are you headed to? He said, I can't live here anymore. I'm going away to Abyssinia to find refuge there. And that man said that a person like you, Abu Bakr, there's no way that you can leave Makkah. You know, if people of Makkah don't give you protection, you have my protection. It would be a huge embarrassment for all of us if a man like you was to leave Makkah. So this person, he promised Abu Bakr anhu that he would have his protection and he forced Abu Bakr anhu to come back into Makkah with him. So Abu Bakr anhu returned. That man, he spoke to the elders of Quraysh and they said that, well, Abu Bakr can stay if he wishes, but on one condition. He cannot recite the Qur'an or pray openly. He cannot do that. If he wants to do it, he can do it in his house. So Abu Bakr anhu, he agreed. Fine, I won't pray in the haram, I won't pray outside, I will pray only at home. So you know what he did? He extended a part of his house, the courtyard of his house, and he built a masjid in his house. And this is why the scholars say that Abu Bakr was the first one to make a masjid, meaning in his house. And what would he do? He would pray salah over there. And when he would pray salah, he would recite the Qur'an. And in this hadith, Aisha anha, she said that he was baka, he used to cry a lot. And when he would recite the Qur'an, powerful recitation, it would be so attractive that the women, children, slaves, passers-by, they would just stop there, staring at Abu Bakr in awe, just listening to the recitation. But obviously the Quraysh, they got really angry with that. And they said to that man who had given protection to Abu Bakr that look, now he's starting this in his house, stop him. So that man came to Abu Bakr and he said that, look, if you want my protection, you have to kind of cooperate. And Abu Bakr said, you know what? Keep your protection with yourself. I don't need it. I'm not going to stop praying. I'm not going to stop reciting the Qur'an. So we see that the mushrikeen of Makkah, they could not even tolerate listening to the Qur'an. They hated to listen to the Qur'an. They could not tolerate watching someone pray salah. They couldn't handle it. And when is it that you cannot even hear certain words or you cannot even see someone doing something? When? When you hate it with all your heart. When you get super irritated by it. You know, for instance, somebody in your family maybe, they say certain words. You know, for instance, children, they start whining and that sound of whining, it just makes people angry. Just makes them furious. Right? So why is it that it makes them so furious? Because they just hate it. They hate it. From all their heart, they abhor it. So they cannot tolerate even a minute of it. 
even a second of it. Now imagine having that much hatred for the words of Allah. So much hatred for the Qur'an. And you might think that, well, this happened then. It even happens today. You know, my mother, she told us about the story, and she also mentioned in one of her classes, that she was, alhamdulillah, very active in Pakistan in all women's affairs. So there was a, a conference about women's issues. And um, a huge discussion broke about. And it was her turn to speak. So she basically opened up the Qur'an, and she said that, look, but in the Qur'an, this is what it says. And she said, I opened up the Qur'an, and all the people over there, they became so angry with me, they said, please close it. And these are Muslims. They said, please close it. We don't want to listen to anything that is from the Qur'an. If you have something to say from yourself, please go ahead. But from the Qur'an, do not open that. Do not open that. We don't want to hear anything from the Qur'an. And she said she was forced to close the Qur'an in that conference. But she said that that is what gave her the motivation. That no, Qur'an is for all. I'm going to do my best to take the Qur'an to everybody. That gave her the motivation. So this happens today also. That you wish to recite the Qur'an, you wish to open up the Qur'an. You mention something from the Qur'an, but people become angry. They're like, be quiet. Don't say anything from the Qur'an. Close this Qur'an. Put this away. They cannot handle it. And this shows you the hatred that they have. And this hatred exists today as well. So we need to see, how much love do we have for the Qur'an? That when people tell us to put it away, how much love do we have to open it up again and again and to take it to others? While there are some people whose hearts are full of hatred for the Qur'an, is our heart full of love and respect for the Qur'an? This is what we need to see. This is what we need to be concerned about. Allah says, يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسِ O people, ضُرِبَ مَثَلٌ An example is presented. فَاسْتَمِعُوا So listen to it attentively. Pay attention to it. Pay attention to it. What is this example? This example is about shirk. Because the main reason why the mushrikeen hated the Qur'an was that the Qur'an did not support idolatry. It did not support idolatry. And the mushrikeen, obviously they loved their idols. That's what their lives were about. It revolved around idolatry. So over here, the root of the problem, shirk, that is tackled. That Allah gives an example of shirk, of the reality of shirk. That think about it. What is it that you are clinging to? What is it that you're holding on to? What is it that you are so defensive about? Shirk? Is that what you care about? Well, shirk, listen. An example is presented. Fastamirulahu. Pay attention to it, listen attentively, think, reflect. Inna ladina, indeed those who Tadruna, you call upon Mindunillahi besides Allah. Tadruna from dua. Those whom you make dua to besides Allah, those whom you worship besides Allah. What ability do they have? Lan never Yahluku they create Zubaban a fly. Walau even if Ijitamaru they gather up, they unite together, Lahu for it, meaning for this purpose. Those that you worship besides Allah, they cannot even make a single fly. 
even if all of them gather together and unitedly they try, they put all their resources together, their efforts, everything together, and they try to make a fly? No. They will not be able to make a fly even. They do not have that power. They do not have that ability. And how weak are they? That they fail before the fly. How? وَإِن and if يَسْلُبْهُمْ It takes away from them. Who? The fly. يَسْلُبْهُمْ From the root letters, سِينْ لَامْبَ سَلْب And سَلْب is to take away. So يَسْلُبْهُمُ الذُّبَاب If the ذُبَاب, the fly, it takes something away from them, شَيْئًا Something and شَيْئًا Anything. Even something very very small. If the fly takes away from them, can they get it back? La not yastanqiduhu. They recover it. They cannot get it back from the fly. They cannot take it back from the fly. Yastanqidu from the root letters, noon qaf the naqd. Naqd is to rescue something. Save it, recover it, liberate it. So what the fly has caught, what the fly has taken away from them, they can never take it back from the fly. Why? Because they cannot even catch the fly. They cannot even kill the fly. You know, recently I went to Pakistan when I in my last trip. And of course in Pakistan there's too many house flies. Alright? If you leave your window open, you leave your door open to get some fresh air. Before the fresh air comes in, the flies are in. Alright? And then so many flies everywhere, you wonder, how do I get rid of them? So you go around with something, like a newspaper roll or something, and you look like a fool. Alright, literally you look like a fool trying to swat flies. Because you try to swat it, you try to attack it with a huge newspaper roll, but before it hits, the fly is gone. Sits on your head, you try to smack your head in order to catch the fly, the fly is gone and you just hit yourself. You cannot even catch the fly, let alone get back from the fly what it has taken away from you. Why can you not get it back from the fly, what it has taken away from you? Because what the fly takes, what is it? How does a fly eat? Do you remember? How does a fly eat? It excretes, you know, digestive liquids out on the food, alright, that it's trying to eat. Because it doesn't have teeth, alright? It doesn't have a mouth. It has like a straw. So through that straw, through that pipe, it excretes digestive liquids, And then, you know, that juice basically, it sucks it up. So it's already digested when it goes in the stomach of the fly. It's already digestive. It's already changed. It's already altered. How can you get it back? You can never get it back from the fly. Even if it is something so small, less than a drop of water, you try to get back from the fly what it has stolen from you, you'll fail. ضَعُفَ الطَّالِبُ وَالْمَطْلُوبُ it is weak. Who is weak? At-talib, the seeker, the one who is seeking. Wal-matlub, and the one who is being sought. Ta-lam-ba. Talab. What does talab mean? To seek. Talibul ilm, the seeker of knowledge. So talib, the seeker, and matlub, the one who is being sought. Who is seeking over here? People. What are they seeking? The fly, or the, what the fly has taken from them. And who is the matlub? The fly itself. Right? Because that is also weak. What can a fly do? It lives only 30 days. An average lifespan of a housefly is 30 days. 
And what can it take away from you? Something so small? Only in liquid form? That's all it can take away from you? Now, remember that this example is about who? Is about who? Idols or the beings that are worshipped besides Allah. Hmm? So, what do we see here? That ضعف الطالب Talib can also be understood as the mushrik, the one who is doing shirk. The one who is seeking other than Allah. And who is the matloob? The idol. Or the being that is being worshipped besides Allah. Both are weak. Because can the idol help? Can it? No, it cannot. So both are weak. Both are pathetic. And why would you go after someone who's weak to help you, to fulfill your needs? Da'uf al-talibu wal-matloob. We can also understand this as da'uf al-talib. Talib can be understood as the idol. Because if... We understand that if the fly takes something away from the idols. Because before the idols, what is placed? The food that is you know, placed as an offering. right? That is given as an offering to the idols to seek their pleasure, to seek their approval. So the food that is placed before the idol, the idol cannot even eat it. right? But who will come and have a good snack? The fly. right? And if the fly takes something away from there, can the idol take it back? ضعف الطالب والمطلوب Both are weak. This is the reality of shirk. Ibn Abbas who said the pursuer, the talib is the idol, and the pursued, meaning the matloob, is the fly. Both are weak. This is the reality of shirk. Those whom you invoke are so weak that they cannot create as much as a fly even. Nor can they recover from a fly what it steals from them. So, O oh people, what are you calling upon? What are you seeking? Who are you chasing? Do you realize what you're doing? This is why the next ayah is مَا قَدَرُ اللَّهَ حَقَّ قَدْرِ مَا not قَدَرُ They have valued Allah Allah حَقَّ قَدْرِ حَقَّ As is right قَدْرِهِ Of His value What is قَدْر? True value, worth, estimate True worth of something so they have not understood Allah. They have not given Allah the haq that He deserves. They have not understood Him the way they should understand Him. They have not thought of Him the way they should understand Him. And this is why they call upon other than Allah. Because if we realized who Allah is, we would never ever seek others than Allah. We would never raise our hands before other than Allah seeking their help. إِنَّ اللَّهَ Indeed Allah لَقَوِيٌّ عَزِيزٌ Surely He is قَوِي Powerful Aziz Exalted in might They have underestimated Him They do not understand His might That He is the Creator The Supreme Creator He is the Perfect One He is the Most Able One And those whom they are running after How pathetic are they? They cannot even make a fly And they cannot even get something back from the fly and just in the context of flies, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is khaliqu kulli shayt, right? He is the creator of all things. How many flies has Allah created? We cannot even count. Because there are, it is said, over 120,000 species of flies. Some say over 200,000 species of flies. We don't even know how many different types of flies are there. Forget about the number of flies. Allah has created not just one fly, but many. And flies, how small are they? And they appear to be something so insignificant. But they're so intricate. 
Such an amazing creation. Literally amazing. We think, oh, what a pain, a nuisance, bother. You know, just get rid of all these flies. But when you study a housefly, you are amazed at the system that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created within it. You know, just now we were discussing about you can never catch a fly, right? You can never swat it. Why? Because of the way that the fly flies. Because of the way that it flies. And its vision. You know, when you look at a fly, what do you see? Its eyes. They're big. And sometimes they're quite scary. Huge. You know, it's as if they're so big that they can see everywhere. You know, front, side, back, everywhere. Above, which is why if you try to attack it from the side, it goes away somewhere else. If you try to attack it from the front, it goes somewhere else. And the way it flies is also amazing. It's so complicated that I tried reading an article about it, but I couldn't understand it, so I cannot explain it to you either. So complicated. But just one thing that is sufficient for us to know is that it's amazing how it flies. You know, the fact that you cannot catch it, that just tells us that its very flight is amazing. مَا قَدْرُ اللَّهَ حَقَّ قَدْرِ You know, an average garbage can, average garbage can, if you leave it outside or if you leave it you know, somewhere in the open, it is capable of producing over a thousand new flies every week. Every week. A thousand new flies. And if everyone besides Allah, those that are worshipped besides Allah, they got together, they put their resources together, all their laboratories, everything together, in attempts to make one fly, they couldn't make it. They couldn't make it. We cannot even understand how it flies, how it eats. We're just discovering portions of its life. And Allah is the one who creates not just one, but many, many. There are some amazing facts about flies which I'd like to share with you. But let, first of all, let's listen to the recitation. أَلَمْ تَرَ أَنَّ اللَّهَ سَخَّرَ لَكُمْ مَا فِي الْأَرْضِ وَالْفُلْكَ تَجْرِي فِي الْبَحْرِ بِأَمْرِهِ وَالْفُلْكَ تَجْرِي فِي الْبَحْرِ بِأَمْرِهِ وَيُمْسِكُ السَّمَاءَ أَنْ تَقَعَ عَلَى الْأَرْضِ إِلَّا بِإِذْنِهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ بِالنَّاسِ لَرَؤُوفٌ رَحِيمٌ وَهُوَ الَّذِي أَحْيَاكُمْ ثُمَّ يُمِيتُكُمْ ثُمَّ يُحْيِيكُمْ إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَكَفُورٌ لِكُلِّ أُمَّةٍ جَعَلْنَا مَنْ سَكَنْهُمْ نَاسِكُونَ فَلَا يُنَازِعُنَّكَ فِي الْأَمْرِ وَادْعُ إِلَى رَبِّكَ إِنَّكَ لَعَلَى هُدًى مُسْتَقِيمٌ وَإِنْ جَادَلُوكَ فَقُلِ اللَّهُ أَعْلَمُ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ اللَّهُ يَحْكُمُ بَيْنَكُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ فِيمَا كُنْتُمْ فِيهِ تَخْتَلِفُونَ أَلَمْ تَعْلَمْ أَنَّ اللَّهَ يَعْلَمُ مَا فِي السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَرْضِ إِنَّ ذَلِكَ فِي كِتَابٍ إِنَّ ذَلِكَ عَلَى اللَّهِ يَسِيرٌ وَيَعْبُدُونَ 
نُنَزِّلْ بِهِ سُلْطَانًا وَمَا لَيْسَ لَهُمْ بِهِ عِلْمٌ وَمَا لِلظَّالِمِينَ مِنْ نَصِيرٌ وَإِذَا تُتْلَى عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتُنَا بَيِّنَاتٍ تَعْرِفُ فِي وُجُوهِ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا الْمُنْكَرُ يَكَادُونَ يَسْقُونَ بِالَّذِينَ يَتْلُونَ عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتِنَا قُلْ أَفَأُنَبِّئُكُمْ بِشَرٍ مِّن ذَلِكُمْ أَنَّارُ وَعَدَهَا اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا وَبِئْسَ الْمَصِيرِ يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسُ ضُرِبَ مَثَلٌ فَاسْتَمِعُوا لَهُ إِنَّ الَّذِينَ تَدْعُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ لَن يَخْلُقُوا ذُبَابًا وَلَوْ اجْتَمَعُوا لَهُ وَإِن يَسْلُبْهُمُ الذُّبَابُ شَيْئًا لَّا يَسْتَنقِذُوهُ مِنْهُ ضَعُفَ الطَّالِبُ وَالْمَطْلُوبُ ما قدر الله حق قدره إن الله لقوي عزيز. Has it ever happened with you that you are extremely sick and your mother is with you and you say, Mom, do something. I don't want to be sick. And what does she say? I can't do anything. I'm making dua for you. I can take you to the doctors, but I cannot take the pain away. Right? And even when you go to the doctor, hoping that they'll take the pain away, they'll fix you, they cannot. ضعف الطالب والمطلوب Anyone whom we put our trust in, they are weak. They cannot help us. They cannot take our troubles away. Only Allah can help us and only He can take our troubles away. Everyone else besides Allah, weak. ضعف الطالب والمطلوب They're so weak, but they cannot even catch a fly. They cannot even take something away from the fly. So just watch this video. Flies love to feast on putrefying, decaying flesh with a side of dog poop. There's good reason to swat a fly off your food. Every time one lands on a new food source, it regurgitates a special digestive liquid to tenderize the meal and lick up the juice. That means bacteria from its last stop just landed in your potato salad. Flies can eat anything from filthy garbage to filet mignon. But their offspring may have even more voracious appetites. Maggots. Fly larvae look disgusting, but they act as nature's recyclers, breaking down dead animals. After just a few days of gorging, the maggots retreat into a pupa. 
the end stage of a life cycle that goes from egg to adult in as little as a week. If only human teenagers grew up that quickly. Anyway, that's the end of the video. So, you remember the caterpillar? Right? Caterpillar, what happens to it? Eats and eats and eats, and then goes into a cocoon, and then a beautiful butterfly comes out of it. Right? Well, a fly works in the same way. Its life cycle is very similar. That a fly lays an egg, from the egg comes out maggots, and then those maggots, what do they do? They eat and eat and eat until they go into pupa. And then what happens? The outer skin, it hardens, it darkens, and eventually what comes out of it? A clever fly. Right? Now a fly, each female fly can lay up to 500 eggs over a three to four day period. Imagine, 500 eggs. The maggots, they emerge from the egg. In warm weather, they can come out of the egg within eight to 20 hours. So within one day, literally, the egg is laid and what comes out of the egg? Maggot. And then the maggot, what does it do? It eats and eats and then turns into larva and then within four to 13 days, it can come out, it can emerge as a fly. Right? And this fly, it beats its wings 200 times a second. 200 times a second, this fly beats its wings. That's three times faster than a hummingbird. You thought hummingbird was fast? A housefly is even faster. And a fly's average speed in flight is four and a half miles per hour. Average speed. Now to make this more realistic, a fly can travel 300 times the length of its body in one second. So in one second, a fly can travel how much? 300 times the length of its body. And a jet traveling at the speed of sound only travels 100 times its length. Just imagine. Flies smell with their antenna. Right? And a fly has 4,000 lenses in each eye. 4,000 lenses in each eye. A fly is truly an amazing creature. It is amazing. And even though they become a nuisance, what are they? Like we learned in this video. Recyclers. Right? They take care of the waste that we leave on this earth. The flies do or their maggots do. Whatever. So, really, this fly, which appears to be so small, even this creature is so intricate. Those besides Allah cannot make a fly even. They cannot even make something close to a fly. Similar to a fly. We came up with a jet, we came up with a plane, we came up with so many different things, but compared to a fly, what do they look like? What a bad fail. <laughs> right? I mean, just, if you compare a jet that travels at the speed of sound to a fly, what wins? A fly wins. مَا قَدَرُ اللَّهَ حَقَّ قَدْرِهِ They don't understand Allah. They don't give Him His due appraisal. They don't appraise Allah with true appraisal. They have not estimated Him correctly. They have underestimated Him. Especially when they say that Allah has partners. Or when they doubt Allah's power. When they think, Allah won't do this. Allah cannot do this. 
No. He can do whatever he wants. مَا قَدْرُ اللَّهِ حَقَّ قَدْرِهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَقَوِيٌّ عَزِيزٌ In Surah Al-Zumur, Ayah 67, Allah says, وَمَا قَدْرُ اللَّهِ حَقَّ قَدْرِهِ وَالْأَرْضُ جَمِيعًا قَبْضَتُهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ وَالسَّمَوَاتٌ مَطْوِيَّاتٌ بِيَمِينِهِ Today we do not recognize the might and power of Allah. But if we reflect a little bit on the creation of Allah, perhaps we would understand. But on the Day of Judgment, people will come to know the power, the might of Allah. When the earth in its entirety will be in His grasp, and the heavens will be folded in His right hand. And Allah will say at that time, لِمَنِ الْمُلْكُ الْيَوْمِ To whom does the kingship, does the authority belong to today? Allah يَصْطَفِي Allah selects, Allah chooses. مِنَ الْمَلَائِكَةِ From among the angels, رُسُلًا Messengers. رُسُل plural of رَسُول Meaning only Allah decides who to select from His angels as messengers. Angels as messengers? Why? Why? To deliver the message to human prophet. Right? Like for example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent a group of angels as messengers to who? Ibrahim alayhi salam to give him the good news of the birth of his son and also to inform him about the punishment that was about to come on the people of Lut alayhi salam. Right? So Allah can choose any angel that He wants to be His messenger. In Surah Fatir, Ayah 1, we learn, Alhamdulillahi, Fatir al-Samawati wal-Ard, Ja'il al-Malaikati rusulan. Allah has made the angels rusulan, as messengers, to execute His commands, to deliver His messages. So from the angels, Allah selects, وَمِنَ nas And also among the people. Because you see the mushrikeen of Makkah, they had a big problem. They said, why Muhammad wasallam? How come he's been selected as a prophet? Why not some other great man from Makkah? Or some other great man from Ta'if? Someone who is wealthy, someone who has power, someone who has many sons, you know, all of their standards of greatness, right? So whoever met those standards, they said, why not that person? Why not this person? What does Allah say? It is his decision. It is his choice. Some people may object, why an Arab prophet? Why a prophet from Mecca? Why not somewhere else? Well, you know what? This is not a decision that we make. This is a decision that only Allah makes. And who are we to question Allah's decision anyway? إِنَّ اللَّهَ سَمِيعٌ بَصِيرٌ Indeed, Allah is hearing and seeing. He hears what people say. He sees what they do. He knows His creation. And He knows who is most deserving of this position, of this role, of being the messenger of Allah. يَعْلَمُ He knows مَا بَيْنَ أَيْدِيهِمْ That which is before them, وَمَا خَلْفَهُمْ And that which is behind them. وَإِلَى اللَّهِ تُرْجَعُ الْأُمُورِ And to Allah, all matters shall return. Allah knows the creation. Allah knows what is before every creature and what is behind every creature. Meaning He knows all the circumstances of every single creature of His. So does He not know who to choose as a messenger and who not to choose? Allah knows. He knows who is most deserving. Now, يَعْلَمُ مَا بَيْنَ أَيْدِيهِمْ He knows what is before them, in front of them. What does it mean? Meaning what the people are doing. What they are going to do. And وَمَا خَلْفَهُمْ That which is behind them, meaning when they're gone, what will happen behind them? You understand? When they're gone, what will happen behind them? So for example, right now, what is before us? What we're doing, what we're about to do. 
what we do in our lives. And once we go, will life continue behind us? Yes. So what's going to happen after we go? Allah knows about that also. So in other words, Allah knows what's happening in our lives, and Allah knows what will continue after our lives. He knows us beyond us. He knows us in the sense that He knows what is in our world, and He knows what will be after we are out of the picture. He has full knowledge. He has complete knowledge. وَإِلَى اللَّهِ تُرْجَعُ الْأُمُورِ And all matters shall be returned to Allah. Recitation. الله يصطفي من الملائكة رسلا ومن الناس إن الله سميع بصير يعلم ما بين أيديهم وما خلفهم وإلى الله ترجع الأمور